Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Rosiel and my guest today is Ashley Hart. Ashley is the CEO and founder of She Plays, a fantasy sport website specific to female sports. I absolutely love it. Um, so it was so much fun getting to talk to Ashley and what she's been able to build, how she's building it, and what she's doing to do that. I think it's fantastic. We touch upon the NFL and how much fantasy sports and you know all the other leagues, how, how fantasy sports impact their bottom line. And she is hoping to do the exact same thing for female sports. So please enjoy this episode with Ashley Hart. Today, my special guest, I have Ashley Hart, the CEO and founder of She Plays. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? It's a good day to be alive. Every single one is, and I enjoy them all. And now I get to have, do my favorite thing, which is ask really cool people a lot of questions. So I hope you're as excited as I am. I am. I'm very excited. Thanks for letting me be on. Pleasure is all mine. I've never created a fantasy sports app. So you're much, much further ahead than I am. But Ashley, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? I think that growing up in North Carolina, it's just ingrained. Like ACC, everything is ingrained in you. Ooh. I come from a you family. Went to North, you went to UNC, didn't you? I went there one year and then transferred to Wake Forest. Okay. Uh, Neither so of those I, is Duke, so it doesn't. none of it matters to me. Oh, are you a Duke fan? I am. That's a whole other thing. Oh, I man, apologize okay. for Click cutting it off. in. No, I'm kidding. I'm I apologize kidding. for cutting in. <laughs> No, but I, I grew up uh, in a family of Tar Heel fans. So we, you know, I watched sports. I went to sports games as a kid. And then I just loved playing them. I loved playing basketball, loved playing soccer. So it was something active. It was something you could do with family or friends. And I think it's just, you learn so much about sports uh, through playing sports. You learn about yourself and about sharing, about working hard, discipline, all sorts of things like that. So I think it just got ingrained in me early on and then the fire was lit and it's still still there we let that fire keep on keep on roaring maybe keep adding some fuel and some 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 logs and some wood along the way too but no yeah i so i grew up a very big duke fan um whole story not a front runner but it's a whole thing and i don't really that's not that big a deal but i'm super disappointed march madness is my favorite you know my second favorite sports month of the year we get all those games in such a short period of time it's so 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 much fun very unfortunate it got taken away from us this year obviously much more important things going on than a, you know, a silly basketball tournament. But the one thing, two things that I could take away from the season, the last Duke game I watched, they absolutely crushed North Carolina. And the last college basketball game that I got to watch was North Carolina getting blown out by Syracuse. So if that's the two last games that I watch <laughs> all year, I guess it could be way, way worse. So that's go. my there little, I had to twist the knife a little bit, right? You hey, know? I'm, I'm no longer a target loyal. I will say that I, okay. I, Certain things, I mean, women's soccer, I think the dynasty there, I will always pull for, but uh, yeah, my loyalties run deep for Wake Forest now. So. Yeah, that's cool. That doesn't happen too often that people, I mean, I guess it probably happens more often than not because I only think of things from a, a sports lens. Um, so what was the reason from going from North Carolina to Wake, kind of staying in state? I mean, ACC is 
pretty much North Carolina at that point, right, if I'm being honest. Right. So what, uh, what was the reasoning um, between changing schools? I, I'm just out of curiosity. Yeah, so I actually grew up in Winston-Salem, which is where Wake Forest is, and so never wanted to stick around when I was ready to go to college. I was like, let's get out of here. Uh, but then I started running over there my senior year, and after all the application process, I was into Chapel Hill and really excited. I, was, I thought I was going to major in journalism, and so that's a great school for journalism. Uh, but I started running over at Wake, and it's like, oh my gosh, I actually love this place. I've never really been over there. So I... Uh, I went to Carolina and met some amazing people that are still my friends today. Got to see a national championship in basketball, which was great. And, but still felt like it was not where I wanted to be. I needed something smaller. And so ended up transferring and happy I did. Happy I went to Carolina for a year, met those people, had that experience, but then happy also to finish out awake. Very cool. Yeah. And that's one thing. I mean, people always say they want to move very, very far away from home. What I realized is I, my parents stopped bothering me after high school. Like once I got to college, they're like, just don't wake us up when you get home. I was like, that's it. That's all I have to do. They're like, yeah, just don't be an idiot and don't wake us up. It's like, oh, I thought this was going to be way worse. They're like, we don't care anymore. You're 18. Nothing matters. I was like, all right, sounds good. I'm doing my schoolwork and that's all that matters. So that was always very funny for me. So um, I noticed when looking at your job history, as you said, you wanted to get into sports journalism. Uh, you did not, if I'm not mistaken, really get into sports journalism. So what, what was the reason? I mean, as you said, you know, you've always enjoyed sports your whole life, but what was the reason wanting to start and get into sports in, in some capacity? Or was it, was it wanting to get into sports and then having the idea for She Plays? Or did you have the idea for She Plays? So that kind of just led you into sports? Yeah, great question. I think that, <laughs> um, so I worked in the nonprofit world for about a decade after college. Still like loving sports, going, uh, being season ticket holder for the North Carolina Courage soccer team in North Carolina. Um, and I think just as I was transitioning away from that job, just thinking about what I cared about and what wanting to make a difference still in what I did. And I think just being a all sports soccer fan, but or all sports fan, but particularly soccer and this league that's been around for nine years now has won two players have won two world cups and I still can't watch it on TV. I just started to become pretty frustrated about that and just didn't make sense. This is after the first world cup. And I was like, mm-hmm. these women are rock stars. Why are they so hard to find? Mm-hmm. I'm, I live in a state where one of the teams plays. And so I think from there, it just kind of became like, all right, maybe there is something I could do here. I, at that time had a like, brand new baby niece. And I was like, well, what if she grows up and wants to be an athlete? Like she should be able to retire at 38 and be set for life. Like any, like if I had a nephew. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think just from there, knowing there was still lots of inequality, what could I do about it? So mm-hmm. kind of on a family beach trip was just kind of shooting ideas off with my family and we've always played fantasy sports together. And so it kind of funneled from there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's a really cool idea, and I'm excited to dive into it. But I, I completely agree. I mean, women's sports, it's it's like it's ridiculous how underappreciated and undervalued it really is. I mean, I, you know, the the statistic I think four percent of all things on ESPN are women's sports, and the other ninety six are based around men's leagues. And most of that is really the college softball World Series. That's like most of that 4%. And they upped it significantly this year, which was mm-hmm. awesome. You know, ESPN was going to have, I think, over 200 live 
college softball games because people wanted to watch it. Surprise. People like seeing good competition. Doesn't matter if it's male or female. We just want to see good competition. So it's always frustrated me. I've always been a huge fan of the women's college basketball tournament as well. Like I'll be honest, I usually don't watch the first couple rounds, but I mean, I usually get that fixed from the men's games. Like, wait, there's two more days. Okay, cool. We'll just watch that too. That's fine. I always watch the women's final four, always watch the national championship game. Again, it's, it's good competition. And that's why I love sports. I want to see the best athletes in the world compete against each other. And I want to see a buzzer beater because I don't Mm -hmm. care what sport you're watching. A buzzer beater is incredible. A walk-off is amazing. There's nothing like it. So I love that. And I, I, again, I think it's, it's criminal. But hopefully, you know, what you're doing is going to help. One thing, you know, so, so tell us a little bit about She Plays. What exactly is it? And, and I guess, you know, on that beach trip, maybe a couple cocktails deep. I don't know. I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> tell us, tell us kind of how that idea really came about and then how you're able to, you know, everyone's got a good idea. It's, it's about the execution, right? Right. Yeah. So it actually started out as an idea for a sports news site. So kind of like ESPN, but for mm-hmm. women, because ESPNW exists. It exists. And, and we'll that's pretty that. much what you can say yeah. about it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so trying to think through, okay, like we just need, we need something that will publicize all these leagues. Uh, I didn't even know at the time how many leagues there were, um, or the fact that we have three, maybe four American football leagues for women, even in the country. So just trying to think of something like that. Again, some of that journalism getting mm-hmm. in there, like, oh, that'd be fun. And then I just realized, oh my gosh, that's so big of a monster I can't even fathom like writing all of that or finding the writers paying them so it kind of then went down to oh a a sports news site with a fantasy feature to well let's just do fantasy scores like they don't really exist anywhere WNBA has a few games on some sites Um, LPGA tried their own Um, a couple other leagues have tried things but there's no site really dedicated to women's sports and so we decided to create one so a platform that only hosts women's leagues um, anyone can come play but the only leagues you can play in are the women's professional sports leagues in the u.s so leagues like the WNBA, nwsl npf which is the pro softball league uh, wta tennis lpga all those um, and so yeah super excited to have then like had that idea and it kind of sat with me for almost six months and I had moved to Florida in the meantime from North Carolina had had like some life changes and it just kept nagging me like kept coming back of like oh I want to do this I want to do this no one's still done it yet like it's still a possibility and I think just being in Orlando being in a city that is super geared towards entrepreneurs I got into an accelerator program down there and two of my best friends from college. Uh, I pitched it to some of them and they were like, all right, let's try, let's do it. One had just gotten her MBA and one's a marketing executive. And so we got together and just started dreaming it up. And um, yeah, so it was quite a process. Uh, Running a business is a lot different than starting one. Uh, You learn that pretty quickly. And um, we had some great kick Kickstarter support, had some wonderful family and friend investments and got it off the ground into where now we're, what, 15 months old, um, just over a year and, and finally have like the site up and running and a few games that are live, 
a little stalled right mm -hmm. now with um, the sports leagues out of commission, but we, we got the horse uh, competition up there and the WNBA draft. We're going to have mm -hmm. a game on Friday for that. So yeah, it's, um, it's been amazing to see like the connections you make and me, I have zero skill in coding. So finding partners to do mm -hmm. that. And uh, it is like a foreign language. I'm amazed at people who can do that. Anyone who's a kid and watching learn how to code. Um, well, yeah, just to, to see it all come together has been really, and we've got a long way to go, but uh, to see the partnerships we've had with some leagues and some feedback has been, has been awesome. That is awesome. And yeah, coders, I mean, shout out to them. I took a couple classes in college and I, I, I don't have the best attention to detail. I'm not like bad or anything, but man, if you just have one period off or something off, like 18 pages up, nothing's going to work. And that just frustrates the heck out of me. I can't yeah. do that stuff. So shout out to all those people. And I think it's just such a cool idea and it's crazy that it's never been done again. I mean, there's so many girls that play high school sports and youth sports. There's so many women that still play, you know, recreational. My mom played recreational softball for like the first 15, 20 years of my life. Like she was still really into it and she loved it. And, you know, her and all her friends and that's what they would do. And it was just like how no one is catered to this market yet. It's just insane to me. And I think the fantasy sports aspect of it, I think is even better because personally I kind of was like, not like around, for the beginning of fantasy football, right? It's been around for however many years, but I remember when it started to get really, really big. And with that came a lot of money to the NFL because mm -hmm. now people are watching these games because, okay, the Giants aren't on, so I'm not going to watch. No, it's, well, you have the Oakland Raiders, you know, quarterback. So you're going to watch the Oakland Raiders because you have a vested interest now. Mm -hmm. And just adding that extra layer of, I want to beat my friends, made the NFL an absurd amount of money um yeah. obviously i don't know the numbers or anything behind it but i remember like all of a sudden it was like oh now it's the league's worth this much and the salary cap's this high that's crazy like that's not just like regular economics something else behind it now gambling's involved with it too and that's just going to make it go up even more but i always thought that, that was a huge reason why and i mean obviously you guys have only been around 15 months as you said this is probably you know the worst possible time to make sure everything is up and running right it's just frustrating but <laughs> Have you, what, what have you heard, what's the feedback you've gotten with some of the leagues that you do have partnerships with? Yeah, so they're all super excited. Um, I think that a few, this has been on their radar and something they've wanted to do. They just wanted someone to help. Uh, the amazing thing about a lot of these leagues is that they're run on shoestring budgets and with very, very low staff, amount of staff. So the fact that they're, in existence at all is amazing. And the fact that they run is amazing and a credit to all of the league staff, um, whatever league it is. So a lot of people wanted it, know that it's gonna drive engagement, know, like you said, it could bring in revenue. I personally think the NFL would be nowhere near as popular today if not for fantasy football and MLB somewhat with fantasy baseball. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that people have been wanting it and What's really, I think, something that we wanted to do is make sure that whatever we were building was going to give back directly to the leagues. We want them to be sustainable, right? Like my niece, who I was like, in 20 years, if she wants to be a pro athlete, I want her to have the leagues that still exist. So helping monetarily even help them mm -hmm. with whatever we do. So 
what we we've been able to do is come in and offer and say hey like we want to post your league on our site and we're even going to give you a kickback so like kind of becoming even like a whole new revenue arm mm-hmm. of their league um is what we're hoping to do with all of them yeah so yeah i mean i think uh it's been really neat to see the feedback and i think just the crazy thing so sorry if this gets too nerdy or if i'm talking too much you could tell me but it's fantasy sports ashley lay it on us it's cool. <laughs> so the you know you go from a, a live game and you've got the stats that are being collected right to get to a fantasy game you've got like a middleman the api you know the it's like yeah. a, a language that detects it into the game um and so what we've actually found is that a lot of the female leagues don't have any APIs written like no one has invested no stats company mm-hmm. has really invested and turned around and created these for them so through different partners that we have we're not only trying to build those but also there's some leagues that don't have an organized stats system so oh, wow. you know it's some are ready to go some are you know we need one step some we need two and we want to help them all and mm-hmm. um so but overall people people know it would drive engagement and that fans have been asking for it. So it's, it's just something actually, again, like it's, it's like fantasy sports have always been for all the sport, you know, the, the, you know, the baseballs, the footballs, the basketballs, the hockeys, it's like gambling. If you add just that extra layer of engagement, that extra layer of emotion, fan is short for fanatics. So we're already, we're already riding pretty high, but if you can add that extra layer of, okay, I want Pete Alonzo to hit a home run because I want the Mets to win, but I also want Pete Alonzo to hit a home run so I can beat my brother in fantasy this week. Yeah. It's just that extra layer, and everybody loves that. No one's going to say no to something like that, and it's just crazy to me that nothing like this existed in you know, the women's sports world. I just think it's crazy. So with you know, obviously with being a startup, and running this business and just try, you know, you guys have to make money because once you, as long as you guys are making money, you can then help all these other leagues that you, you know, you've obviously have the heart and the soul and the desire to help. How are you focusing your time initially to make sure that, okay, we can, we can generate revenue for ourselves because the more revenue we generate, we can then go out and help all these other leagues. So where are you focusing your time now to make sure that you'll be here in five years so you can help that smaller softball league or that other soccer league or however it turns out? Yeah, great question. So part of it is through a revenue model and, and what we are able to offer for free for people to come play, but then also what we can charge to get into a lobby, um, but also trying to get investment money. We've had some talks with some investors and We've been able through just family and friends to get to this point, but um, hopefully bringing in uh, quite a large investment so that we can have full-time staff. Um, still me, I'm CEO and, and running it, but still not paid yet by the company. So um, being able to do it full-time where I don't have to have any other side mm-hmm. jobs, side hustles, as we call them, uh, to make it through. Um, yeah, and just focus on, on what we can do, marketing getting people to just be aware of our site. And because like you said, I think that people are so hungry to play and have this deeper engagement that as soon as they find out about it, if it's a quality game, they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, start playing. So yeah, trying to, that again was happening in February and March and then all of this happened. And so it's just a a speed bump. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make light. I mean, I we're aware of, of what's happening and how serious it is and, and being, you know, hopefully respectful of that and just, you know, waiting it out. And 
adjusting to the new normal whenever things do open back up. So, mm-hmm. well, hey, if your CAO is not getting paid, I don't think your overhead's crazy yet. Hopefully, so yeah, yeah. you guys are able to take advantage of this time, and you know, not too many bad things will happen. You know, cross our fingers again. Everyone gets through it, of course, but you know, like it is what it is. You know, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of companies that are paying their CEOs, which I'm sure you deserve very, very much to get paid, but it's just, you know, it's a weird time. And, you know, it's almost kind of like, well, this, if there was ever a time to not get paid, it would be now. So it's like, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, don't want to say lucky. That is definitely not the word I want to throw around, but it's a situation that you guys can handle. And I guess, so I asked that question poorly. So I do apologize. I guess more what I was asking was, from a sports perspective, from a fantasy league perspective or a game perspective, how are you focusing your time and energy now like, are you focusing a lot more on the WNBA because that has the biggest number of fans and the more fans you get, they can funnel that. Does it, does the question gotcha. make more sense now? I apologize. Yeah, no, no, I'm not no, perfect no. at this. I'm not Katie Couric yet. One of these. Days. <laughs> uh, well, they're both, both good questions too. Sorry. I misinterpreted. But um, so I think that it's been an interesting thought process. I mean, I think, it, I think we reached out to everyone, right. And some immediately responded back. Some took some phone calls. Um, some we still haven't been able to talk to. So I think it kind of depends on where leagues themselves are at and what they're wanting to do. Um, I think the way that we're trying to set ourselves up is just through like long-term league partnerships um, being, you know, kind of exclusive fantasy provider Mm -hmm. situations um, that kind of will help us maintain some level of, Mm -hmm longevity yeah um and and again just trying to be a part of the community be a part of the sports fan community as much as we can either create community or be a voice in it um we then can become a brand that people you know recognize and hopefully turn to Mm -hmm. and so what's it like as you said many of these leagues are operating on shoestring budgets um I know it's hyperbole, but it feels like every year a new league folds and a new league begins somewhere in the country. Like I've heard of multiple volleyball leagues that sounded awesome, but they only last a year or two. And then, you know, hopefully they come back again or whatever. Obviously with uh, soccer, you know, you hear you uh, uh, National Women's Soccer League, right? Uh, NWSL has been around for a minute now, which is great. Um, But there's been other, a couple others that obviously have folded and, you know, they've absorbed and they've done. So how do you strategically you know, as you said, whoever kind of in the beginning, if you say yes, like, let's do it. But how are you kind of strategically trying to partner with leagues that you think, like, all right, like, we, we do want to be here for the long term. and We don't want to build this entire thing out for this league if maybe the financials don't look great. Maybe the fan turnout doesn't look great. And we're going to build this whole API, as you said, or this entire stats department. And then it's not going to be here in two years. Like, how do you strategically kind of navigate those waters? Yeah, some of it was through actual like customer discovery. So really asking what league would you want to see on a fantasy site? And overwhelmingly that was soccer. Um, But I think too, like you were saying with college softball starting to like soar in popularity, that was a league that we definitely were interested in and through different connections heard that they were really interested in a fantasy platform. So, you know, we're official partners with the MPF for this year, the National Pro Fast Pitch League. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm so thankful that uh, they've partnered with us and that we're, we're given the shot to really uh, provide this for them. So I think some of it was through like chatter, if you will, um, just what do people want? And I mean, I'm a, as I've said, I'm a big soccer fan and all of my friends, you know, we've talked about like, 
oh, how cool would it be to have this or that? So, um, yeah, I think, honestly, I would, I would love to have WNBA, but I do know that they're on DraftKings and FanDuel, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like a, like a big fish, I guess. It was a big fish, but mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, they have it currently, so maybe let's look at leagues that don't have it was kind of the thinking, I think. And that makes sense. And that makes sense. Again, if you can, you can attach yourself and you can help some of these smaller, but feasible. And, you know, you still are confident that even though they're on those shoestring budgets they're I don't know how deep you're allowed to get into their financials, but you can kind of see, okay, everything's going to be fine. It's been fine for eight, nine, 10 years, whatever it is. Confident that the fan base is there. Confident that the ownership group and the commissioner aren't going to do anything too, too silly. That puts everything at risk as we've seen happen in the past with some of these leagues. So I think that part's pretty important. So how, how does the game work? Like, what is it? Is it a normal fantasy? Like, if it's softball, it's you know, is it? Are are we playing a roto? Like, is it you know, for home runs, strikeouts? You know, how how exactly does do the fantasy aspect of it work? Is it just normal fantasy I've been playing my whole life? Yeah, great question. So we've got three different games that we've been building. One is like your typical bracket challenge. So we were gonna have one for the NCAA women's tournament this year, um, and then one for. We were hoping Indian Wells, the tennis tournament, but that got canceled mm-hmm. pretty early on. So um, that kind of style game that we have. And then we have daily pick them. So, you know, as, as games are played each day or like leagues are active for a season, we were putting up every game on there. Potentially every day there was a new game, especially in the summer. There are like nine leagues that are mm-hmm. active in the summer months. So it was going to be pretty uh, packed in there. Uh, and then like also with Pick'em, we were, a- we were going to be able to do like for a league that didn't have stats where we could really build them into like your mm. traditional game. We were going to do like a Pick'em style. So right. which quarterback will have the most passing yards mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then for NPF and NWSL, we do have your traditional season long game. So awesome. not, we're not doing daily yet. No daily fantasy sports. That's uh, hopefully in the, the future. But, um, but starting out with, yeah, you can make a family and friends league. You set your roster based on the salary that you have. And yeah, so we're really excited. I just, with our development team, we've partnered with a company called Venfotech. They're in the fantasy sports trade association and we partnered with them about a year ago and they've been helping us make that. We did a world cup challenge mm-hmm. through them and, and all this stuff. So um, I've been getting to see it in the last month, just as it, it was, you know, right about now leagues are supposed to start. So yep. seeing the final finished project, it, it looks pretty cool. I'm really excited. So that is awesome. And I think, I mean, so many good things can come from this. Um, just one that came to the top of my head. I mean, like if you are doing one of these, just pick them challenges and just having fun and picking along. I didn't know that there was nine professional leagues that even you guys are just partnered with in some capacity, let alone how many are out there. So I think it's great because it's just going to help, you know, if someone is a fan of the uh, national fast pitch, uh, NWF. National pro fast pitch. NPF. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm not, I know no the worries. usual three letter vernacular I have, not, not the rest of them. No but, worries. Um, the, the fast pitch, the fast pitch league, they're then going to potentially find out about these football leagues that you were talking about or the soccer leagues and they're, they're going to just be exposed so any fans of any of these leagues can now have the opportunity to be exposed to all of them which i think is huge just for the sports in general because i had no idea there was this many you know yeah. obviously we don't hear about it i know there's the nwsl that's huge because after the world cup 
people made a stink as they should have. They absolutely raised their voice and said, Hey, what's going on here guys. And I'm totally in favor of it, of course. But I think it's really interesting. Now you're giving all these leagues essentially the opportunity to just bring your fans and then we can start sharing fans so that more people and more people start to care about all these sports. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was definitely the heart behind having the pick em, is that we want a game or every league. And I will say we're, we're only officially partnered with two leagues right now, oh, Okay, but right. as many leagues as we can put on there, we're going mm-hmm. to, I think there are 14 or 15 professional leagues across the country wow. that operate in different times. Like hockey is mm-hmm. going on in the you know winter months and tennis and golf are all year long. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely the, ho- the hope that softball fans will come on and be like, Oh, there's an ultimate Frisbee league. That's a professional league let's check that out, you know, kind of thing. So that's awesome. Oh my goodness. I think that's so cool. And, and um, with that, I mean, so what are you doing to market to each of these leagues fans? So you can have that amplification and that, what is it? Exponential effect on all of these leagues by getting the, the softball fans to come in and say, Oh my gosh, there's all of this or the, the Frisbee fans, let's say to come in and be like, I knew softball was a thing. I didn't know I could you know play fantasy sports with it. So how are you trying to market to, these fans or just women's sports fans in general? Yeah, great question. So I do think that one thing that I've personally loved is we did start a podcast a year ago. So we've gotten to interview quite a lot of athletes and we did get to interview the NPF commissioner, some sports reporters, different professors and experts on uh, gender inequality in sports and stuff like that. So trying to build up an audience from that and we had some things in the works for this spring that hopefully we'll we'll get back into the groove once things start but some of that um we have been hosting these draft challenges so like Mm -hmm. the WNBA draft coming up on friday we're doing through just our website like our main website not our game platform and we did that for the nwsl back in um, january i believe so trying to do like some like teaser Mm -hmm. games that then you know, you could win a free entry to be in our NWSL season long or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, trying, trying different things. We know that social media is big for generation, you know, younger generations. Mm-hmm. And um, the great thing about partnering with the leagues when we are official partners is that they do marketing on our behalf as well. Mm-hmm. So that's really key that we could already have their grown audience. Yeah. But, yeah. hundred percent. And again, yeah. they all should understand. And I'm sure that was very much a part of the pitch. Like, Hey, you're, you're going to help us market, but so are they. And so are they. And so are they. And it's just going to be an amplification where everybody gets a piece of this pie because there's absolutely enough to go around as we're seeing right now. It's been what, as of recording 30 days, I think exactly 31 days without any sports. Um, right. So we, I, I am very confident by the time it comes back, everyone will watch whatever. And at any time, whatever sport it is, no matter what, whoever's playing, I'm going to watch it because I need to make up for these 30 days and then some. I think that that part's pretty important. Um, so with that, I guess, what what successes have you guys seen so far? And like, what are some of the things that you've been, you know, have you, you can point to at this point and be like, this is, um, we're really, really grateful that this happened and we're excited to do this and continue to do it moving forward. Yeah. Great question. We thankfully were able as the three co-founders all got together to celebrate the year because we lived all up and down the East coast. Um, And since then the two have taken steps back, they have full-time jobs and families and everything. So I've kind of taken over as much as I can and have great help um, 
a, a woman named Bree Nellis has come in and helped with some of the marketing. Um, well, really all the marketing. She's done a tremendous job in the last month or two months. But, um, you know, I think to still be here is great. And That's something important. that I don't take for granted. I know that really in the first five years, it's, a, you know, a, mm -hmm. a marathon. Uh, and But every day feels like a sprint. So, um I think the fact that we have been able to partner with the MPF and the USWFL are game-changing moments. Um, I think our relationship with our developers is wonderful, um, and I'm truly thankful for that. And I think, I mean, I think we were on the cusp of a big investment, and so we'll see. But but that would be again not to use the same phrase but that would be a game changer i mean that would oh that would put so many things in motion and allow us you know free us up to do so many more things mm -hmm. that because what's crazy about sheep like doing fantasy sports as i'm sure you know it's not just the platform right then you need the news articles about mm -hmm. who you should draft and the podcast and they have tv shows so it's like not only the primary market but then the whole secondary market is wide open for women's sport. Things being done. So, um, yeah, I think I'm just excited and grateful that we're still here. We've been able to pivot a bit. And, um, yeah, just excited for what's to come. But sorry, I'm kind of spacing out on. You're perfect. No worries. It, but, uh, You're perfect. I think I think you make a great point, as you said before. Like you need to now. You need the articles that go up with it. Like you can't just have the platform. I, like so the daily pick them. I need to at least have a preview of both of the teams and who's playing and why. You know, this is you know the the this is that and that's this and you know you kind of need that understanding because that's one thing that i have found is when i have zero idea of what's going on even if i like the sport i'm usually not going to pay attention to it too much right so just having those articles as you said giving that information and getting people to just you know know the players more i think that's you know the podcast idea i think is great haha <laughs> right <laughs> um, but no i think it's it's awesome because you get the opportunity to see who these players are and hear who they are and understand their personalities and i think you know i'm a big baseball fan but that's the one thing baseball's been doing wrong for like i don't know the last like 20 years they don't let you see the players or hear the players or do anything with them it turns out all those dudes are hysterical they're all funny guys and they all just are like goofing around they're little kids playing a kid's game like it's great and it's not like it's football where they're trying to mash each other's heads in or anything is playing baseball man it's a stick and a ball and you're running around bases like it's kind of like it's a child's game and those guys are awesome and you know we saw it a little bit during spring training where they had everyone mic'd up and it was hysterical and everyone liked it hopefully they bring it back but getting people to fall in love with the personalities and the, the athletes i think is like a very easy way for just about any sports league I, mean, I say easy of course it's not that easy but it's the quickest path to getting people to fall in love with the professionals yeah. that play the league. And I think, so you guys doing that is great. What, um, how are you like, how does the revenue model work? Um, like, is it kind of like we're in, I know you said you're not doing daily fantasy, but do you put in, does everyone put in $3 and a couple, the top, however many percent get, you know, seven back? Like how does the revenue model work? So that way, again, you know, we need you guys to be successful so you can continue to amplify all of these incredible uh, women in the sports that they play. Yeah. So the, the fantasy laws in the nation are, they differ by state. 
And we knew that we wanted everyone across the country to be able to play because there are different markets for different leagues and everything. Like Seattle is a huge market for women's sports, but you cannot do daily fantasy sports there. And the rules are, if, so like the, the fantasy sports that are regulated, if you pay to enter and you win money, that's what gets regulated. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, okay, what can we do where we don't have to tiptoe on that line at all and make it available to everyone? So the way you do that is you can pay for or play for free and win money. You can do that legally, or you can pay to play and not win anything of monetary value. And so we've got both. Um, again, like we hope, because in order to have like daily fantasy games and to play in those states, you have to have licenses, which mm-hmm, cost mm-hmm. money. So again, it's in the future, but right now it was, okay, bracket challenges, we can give away some money. Um, but for the season long and like where we will make money as well as making money to send to the leagues, those are $5 a person to play. And so, yeah, so you get access to the game, paying that fee. Some of it goes to us, some of it goes directly mm-hmm. to the league, but that's just how we've set it up so that again, everyone can play. No one's kind of cut out. No, it's not even close to, you know, borderline. Is it legal or not? We mm-hmm. want it to be clear of all that above board. We just want to have fun. So mm-hmm. I love that. And I think it's important that, um, you know, as long as some of that money, as you said, is going to the leagues, it's pretty easy for me to say, all right, I can, I can give $5. Like that's not a problem. That's, that's pretty easy to do and make sure I'm assuming you guys had the conversation. Would it have, would you, do you think you would have got more engagement if you made it free? Or do you think that with the added benefit of sending the money to the leagues that it actually will entice more people to come onto the platform and play? Both. I mean, we definitely had the conversation. So of course, yeah. We actually were originally going to have our pick'em game be a charge, and so that we've taken and just made it completely free. Um, and so that was more like, okay, how are we going to make money and stick around? Versus, we need to give people, you know, a free thing to try out, and it'd be really fun, and they'll hopefully trust us to play other games. But um, another thing through like customer discovery was fans of women's sports want to see leagues succeed and so you know like with soccer you mentioned after the world cup well budweiser stepped up in a big way and became Mm -hmm. a league sponsor and then budweiser was like selling out at bars in chicago and raleigh and all of these places where nwsl fans were purposely choosing to change their order and buy budweiser because they sponsored their league so yeah, we know there's a lot of passion and a lot of buying power that comes from people that are loyal to leagues. And so we, you know, we didn't think it would be a hurdle. Mm-hmm. No. And again, I think it makes sense. You guys obviously have to survive. So, I mean, that's pretty important, but I do yeah. think um, that it is pretty great. And so with what you're doing again, right now, the world's not spinning on its axis correctly. So we can't I don't want to take like the right now what's going on, but what is like the North star that you guys are traveling towards and walking down that path? Like you can see it. It's not the, it's not the end all be all, but it's like a couple goals down the line. Like really, what is that thing that you're projecting towards? So that way, you know, you kind of have a direction you're going, you know, you're going to go further past that, but you still got to get to this destination first. What is, what is that destination? Yeah. I think one, one facet of it is to partner with at least five leagues 
I mean, we'd love to partner with them all in in very short amount of time, but at least in the next year to have proven ourselves and earned the trust and um, maybe been gossiped a little bit about in between commissioners or something. Um, so I think that would be one. I mean, ultimately, my five-year goal is we're able to turn around and and actually invest a lot more in in leagues. So not only maybe doing the the revenue share, but actually stepping up money and, mm-hmm. and partnering with leagues. We want to, you know, really be a part of the conversation and connecting people. Just again, like if we can, if we can have leagues see their fans more engaged and fans have a fun new thing to do with their league. That's all we're trying to do. So if we can show it and we can prove it and um, then people sign back up, that'd be great. That would be great. I love it. And do you guys have an app yet? We don't have an app. Okay. Um, we are just web-based right now. Do you know when the app's coming? Um, again, it's still like an investment thing, uh, yeah, just having the, the money because you can put in, I think like 10 or 12 grand for an iPhone app and then it has to change every update. So that's true. Um, yeah. Just trying to, to wait, wait and see what we can make sense. Uh, yeah, take there. your time. Don't, don't jump to, you know, don't get too ahead of your skis or anything. Uh, I was just curious because um, apps are so easy to download. So I easy. mean, it's super so easy, easy also to just go to a website and bookmark it too. So that's not really a problem, but I was just curious, but actually this was awesome. Do you have anything else? I think we touched pretty much everything on my paper. Do you have anything else on yours? No, just thanks so much for letting me come and share. And I hope that, you know, we can, in the near future have games back on and yes that would be people nice. come check out she-plays.com i love it yes i'll have everything in the show notes don't worry all the socials all the websites anything in there so go check it out there but actually sincerely this was awesome i think what you're doing is so cool i think that it's such a huge market that nobody's really it's like um you know, it's like that sleeping giant, you know, once you wake it up, I think that there's so much potential as even as we were talking about, just like there's the fantasy aspect, but then all the journalism that has to surround it is going to then just amplify these sports further and further and further. Oh, last thing I forgot. I totally forgot to ask about this sports betting. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, yeah, of course we want to, but how does that process work? Like I'm assuming you've looked into that because sports betting, I think betting makes everything just a little bit more fun. Um, But so like, how, like, is the goal to have like the, just be able to be a live book right there? Like what what are some of your goals when it does come to betting? Because I think, again, that could just be a huge, huge revenue driver for you and of of course for these leagues. Yeah. I mean, I think that yeah, I've had conversations. I was at the um, Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association conference mm-hmm. in January in Vegas, and I think, I think again, it's it's just a huge market that's not being tapped. And we'd love to do it'd be separate, you know, kind of how mm-hmm. FanDuel and DraftKings, you know, they've got their yeah. fantasy, but then they've also got their book. So, um, yeah, I mean, but between you and me and all the listeners, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, and just trying to get one thing off the ground, and then. I know, but, you know I'm getting, actively researching. I'm so excited. And, like, I just want to like, oh, and then you should do this and this and this. But yeah. you know, I understand you obviously, you guys have a whole roadmap. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure what's going on right now didn't really help that roadmap as we've talked about. But I'm sure once everything starts up and all these leagues get back going, you guys can fire away and do your thing. So that was the last one, I promise. Ashley Hart, CEO and founder of She Plays. Thank you so much for your time today, Ashley. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Ashley Hart from She Plays. As I said, super, super cool and what she's been able to do and how she's been able to do it. Hopefully when we get out of all of this craziness, let's call it, she'll be able to get right back on that horse and do what she's doing a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, and I respect the hell out of that. Please make sure to follow Ashley on all of her socials. On all of her socials, everything is in the show notes. Please also make sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Wherever you're listening is also great, but those two are very important, so we'd really appreciate it. So thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, and I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.